Everyone duck down because shots are being fired today on your favorite podcast. Oh yeah, that was a good fucking movie. Conversational show where two independent <laughs> filmmakers discuss what we consider to be underappreciated films. Welcome, my name is John Kavikles, I'm a Los Angeles-based filmmaker. My name is Osvaldo Cuevas, and I'm a Chicago-based filmmaker. And today's movie is 84 minutes of bullets, bloody bodies, beautiful baluchis, and non-stop, over-the-top action, John. Tell them what movie we're talking about. Of course, we're talking about 2007's Shoot 'Em Up, the action, adventure, romance, comedy, everything under the sun um, flick. <laughs> uh, written and directed by Michael Davies, who also wrote and directed Eight Days a Week, Girl Fever, Monster Man. Uh, and then he actually wrote, he didn't direct, but he wrote the Double Dragon movie. Uh, so a Ooh. feather in his cap for that one, yeah. Yeah. Starring Clive Owen, uh, Children of Man, Gosford Park, Inside Man. The great Clive Owen, Sin City, we've seen him a bunch. Um, the beautiful, everyone has a crush on, guys and girls, Monica Bellucci. Mm-hmm. She played Persephone in the Matrix franchise. Uh, she Hate Me. If you really like Monica Bellucci, don't watch Irreversible, but she started in Irreversible. Have you seen Irreversible? Yeah. Oh, my God. Don't watch yes, Irreversible I if, have. You, if oh, you have any respect for Monica Bellucci. I mean, she her performance is great, so I respect her as an actress. But just what happens in that movie is she's is too she's much. She's fantastic. The movie's actually really well done. It's yeah. really beautiful. Uh-huh. God, it's a fucking tough watch, though, man. It's a fucking tough watch. <laughs> and then top three ran into the cast: uh, the curmudgeonly portly Paul Giamatti, of course, from Sideways, American <laughs> Splendor, and uh, he played pig vomit in Private Parts, of course, the Howard Stern movie. <laughs> 6.6 on IMDb, budget of 39 million, worldwide gross of 27 million, so a big fat failure. Uh, IMDb synopsis, though a man named Mr. Smith delivers a woman's baby during a shootout and is then called upon to protect the newborn from the army of gunmen. Oswaldo, my friend, what do you think? Well, that's the plot. That's the plot, man. That's I it. Think that makes sense. I think it's funny that it's, yeah, it's uh-huh. and I double checked this a couple times. Then uh, is then called upon to protect the newborn from the army of gunmen. There's only one army of gunmen, and this is the army of gunmen, not an yeah. army of gunmen. It's the. Uh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, big fat failure. Shoot 'em up, Oswaldo. This was my movie. What do you think of Shoot 'em Up? Did you enjoy? You you had seen it before, right? I have. Yeah, I really enjoyed it the first time. I remember thinking it was awesome. Mm-hmm. I was pretty excited to because there's one movie that I actually kind of forgot about for the most part. Okay. And so you were describing it in the last episode. I was like, wait, you talking about Shoot yeah, 'em Up? Yeah, yeah. And then I got really excited to see it. And I knew what I was getting into, luckily. So I still enjoyed it, though. Okay. I still thought it was over the top. I still thought it was goofy. I did not expect a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. I was surprised by the performances. They were pretty good. Okay. Um, it's kind of crazy that they got three really talented leads in this Yeah, movie. right? And like, <laughs> like, especially like Clive Owen. Like, I mean, he had just done Children of Men the year before. Um, yeah. So to have him in this, that was great. And um, well, apparently he, they had written it like a long time ago. And I guess like the Columbine shooting had kind of delayed it and all this stuff. And but Michael Davies had like written this for Clive Owen, so he had wanted him. Uh, he had wanted him to be involved in it for a long time. And I'm gonna say this: before I'd ever seen this movie, uh, I was talking with some friends about it, and they were like, "Oh, this movie fucking sucks. It's ridiculous." Blah blah blah. And then I watched it, and I really really liked it because because it was ridiculous and over the top. <laughs> and then this time. It was fine. It just I didn't remember. I didn't like it as much as I remembered liking it. You know what I mean? I was just like, okay, yeah, yeah all right. Like, I I think that I think that the pacing is off in this movie. Um, I think that. Well, one of the big problems that I had with him, and I never realized this before, was I mean, it's called shoot 'em up. 
So, of course, like 99% of the deaths are gun-related. But I was kind of like craving other things. You know what I mean? Like I was like, oh, like there was a couple, there was like three kills or four kills. You some beheadings? Something, maybe electrocute somebody, maybe a little, <laughs> even a, a fist yeah. fight here and there. But like for the most part, it was just Clive Owen running around shooting people. I get it. It's called shoot them up. But I was like, give me something else. Give me a knife. Give me, you know, he hit one guy with a scalpel. And I was like, oh my God, I feel like I, feel like I just woke back up because I was falling asleep. But mm-hmm. They set it up the very first death. He kills a guy with a carrot. And I remember my friend complaining about that. He was like, he kills a motherfucker with a carrot. And I was like, well, all right, that sounds fun. That's you funny. <laughs> but uh, so he kills the first guy with a carrot. And then after that, it's just like gunfire, 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 gunfire. However, they do set the like a certain pace for this movie. And they set the tone for this story in this world that they're going to be in. And they fucking stick to it, man. Because they're like, look, it's going to be over the top. Yeah. There's going to be crazy amounts of blood, crazy amounts of death. You know, we, we're not going to sell you on this thing in the first 10 minutes and then pull the rug out from under you and give you something else. So we're just like, this is the movie. It's called Shoot 'em Up. We're going to be blasting away for, for 90 minutes, you know. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, it is, it, is, it is a lot of nonstop. I do know what you mean. Too much of one thing, you start to go numb of it. So it's like if some character just swears the whole time. You- well, you become desensitized to it. It's like it's not. Yeah, you become. Well, exactly. Well, it's like years and years yeah. ago. Like we were talking about, we were, you and I were writing something and, and there was like too many profanities in it. And you were like, yeah, I mean, it's a rule in improv. You told me this. There's like a rule in improv where like you don't swear until you absolutely have to or until you get stuck. Because then once you swear, you're going to get laughs. So if you use that all at the beginning, yeah. you know, people get desensitized to it. It's not funny anymore. If they would have changed it up a bit, like I think some of my favorite deaths were caused by things that weren't bullets. Yeah, in, in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If that makes any sense, like they were cooler, they were more creative. I thought, which was pretty cool. Well, do you want yeah. to? We we don't usually do this. We usually do this in verses. Do you want to play three deaths? Let's do it. <laughs> All right, three deaths. We all know the rules. Best death, most deserved death, most gruesome death. Uh, we're not really comparing it to anyone, so we're just going to lay out our, our, our first one. So, um, Oswaldo, why don't you give me the best your idea for the best death? All right. My best death was when Clive Owen, who we don't get his name, actually, right? They call him Mr. Smith. They call but him they Smith, don't but yeah, I feel like that's a... Smith, yeah, not Mr. Smith, but that was just kind of a alias. So, my favorite death was when they're both in the car... Clive Owens and the group of bad guys, and they're kind of playing chicken, and you're thinking, all right, so how's this going to go? But what he does, Clive Owen, he shoots the windshield out, mm-hmm. unclicks his seatbelt, and then goes flying. They smash into each other. They do a head-on collision. Clive Owens shoots out of his car into the other person, <laughs> into the into the van, yeah. and just starts shooting everybody up. Yeah. And he's totally fine. He doesn't get like hit. Two windshields, yeah. yeah. I don't think until the very end, like he doesn't really get hurt. At all, like he doesn't get punched or shot or, no. Like the huh. very very end, he gets caught he's and they like do like a torture thing to him. But like other than that, he's yeah, he's like a machine. So, uh, <laughs> best death was it. It's kind of like seven deaths because he flies through the windshield and just blasts away at like seven guys in that in that van. You're counting all seven. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. I'll give you that. Yep. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, it was pretty creative. I didn't see that one coming. Yeah. 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 I think uh, I think my best death, as much as I want to do the first carrot kill, just because. Um, like I said, it does kind of set the tone for the whole thing. 
Uh, I'm gonna go with the guy who gets chopped up in the helicopter blade as they're like flying through the sky. <laughs> he's pretty he's pretty good. much the only like. There's only like really three characters in this movie that you follow the whole time. If you don't count the baby, which I don't. So if there's like three characters you follow this whole time. It's it's Clive <laughs> Owen, it's Monica Bellucci, it's Paul Giamatti. Then there's like this kind of like henchman who's he's in a suit. Like you know he's connected to somebody powerful. He kind of pops in and out. There's an amazing sequence in the film that we can talk about later, but where they're like skydiving and shooting it and so fucking stupid and over the top. But he eventually like takes out this like this head goon by uh, like coercing him into a helicopter blade. And then when Clive Owen gets to the ground, they're just like goo everywhere. Yeah. I was like, all right, all right, I'm into that. I like that. So that's my, uh, my best death is the, uh, is the head goon, the, the handsome goon getting chopped up by a helicopter. Nice. That was a, that was a very good one. Yeah. Um, there's a moment right before that that was one of my favorite deaths that almost made it to this one as well. We'll talk about it later. Okay. Um, so most deserved death. You go first on this uh, one. I mean, here's the thing. Kind of what I was just saying, like <laughs> there's only really three characters in this whole movie. So most deserved death's got to be uh, Paul Giamatti as Hertz. Um, he, he was kind of the only bad guy that wasn't just like a faceless number. You know what I mean? Like if you watch like a medieval movie and everyone's yeah. got like knight's helmets and there's, or like a, uh, like a um, like a World War II movie and you're just like mowing down Nazis. Like, okay, they're all Nazis. That's great, but I don't care about them. So he kind of had mm-hmm. attitude. He had jokes. He had a family. Like we followed him through the whole film. He had a, he was a sadist. Do you know what I mean? Like he had some <laughs> fucking cheesy ass lines. You know, he's this big fat face. Like Paul Giamatti as a tough guy is so funny to me. Um, but when he, it is, when yeah. he finally eats it at the end, I was like, yeah, man, that guy fucking deserved it. Um, but no, he was he was a sadist, and he. It's funny because he was talking about he's like, violence is so much fun to watch, and I'm like, oh, okay, you're trying to be meta. I got you, motherfucker. I see what you're doing here, yeah. Because <laughs> all we're doing, we're all just sitting at home, fucking laughing and jerking off to this crazy violent movie. But yeah, yeah. Most deserved death, man. It's got to be. It's not fun. It's not a fun, sexy answer, but it's got to be Paul Giamatti. Yeah, I. You know what? I wrote the exact same thing down just because there was no other character that you actually spent time with, so. Agreed 100%. Yeah, like even like at the end when they, yeah. they pull out like the politician and you kind of get the the gist of what the whole movie's about and it's he, he ends up dying. You're like, man, I don't care about him. <laughs> I don't give a fuck yeah. about him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Paul Giamatti almost, I like that his death was... It, yeah, it was anticlimactic. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. The politician you're talking about? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I like that his death was just like, boom, he shoots him while he's talking. Just, that, you know, not a big deal. Yeah, no like, no, like superhero <laughs> speech or anything like that. Just like, I'm going to yeah. shoot this motherfucker mm-hmm. in the face. So, all right. Uh, two. And what was funny is that he he tied him to the door, and they try to open it, and his body yeah, was, he was blocking, like blocking the, door. the door. Yeah, <laughs> that was a super fun death, uh, you know. But yeah, that, that mm-hmm. was how about this? That was a deserved death, but it wasn't the most deserved death. That's yeah. right. Yeah, rounding out the three deaths, most gruesome death, Osvaldo. Who do you got for me? All right. So this was I, I kind of had it split between two. So I'll say the one I wrote down here, and I have a feeling maybe you picked the other one. But we'll see. So the most gruesome death, again, was something that wasn't caused by a bullet, in my opinion. It was kind of a simple one where they're fighting in the stairwell, mm-hmm. and one of the guys falls directly down and smacks his head, and like blood kind of squirts out. Yeah. And then Clive Owen lands on him, and then blood squirts out again. Yeah. But just that first <laughs> initial impact was like, I was like, ooh, like that made me jump. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like that one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah mm-hmm. no, I like that one. I almost, yeah, I almost it was, put it was that pretty one good. too. The one I went with was. It's funny for as much as I was just talking shit about faceless goons. Uh, there's this. There's a scene kind of towards the end of the movie where uh, he's in a gun warehouse and he's got guns set up all over the place and he's running through and he's just like, 
he's just like mowing people down, just like obliterating these fucking people. And one dude like runs around the corner and it's, <laughs> yes, this is, you know what I'm talking about? It's right before there's do, like a yep. funny shot of a, like a pinup girl, like who gets shot in the ass, like, like a magazine or picture. You know what I mean? Like a, from like a magazine right before that though, some goon comes running around the corner, gets shot right in the dick and it like explodes yep. <laughs> blood everywhere. Like blood, like, they give like that, an exaggerating they amount give of that blood. that guy's blood dick so much blood. Like he had to have like been aroused or something. It was like a Kurosawa film, like somebody's <laughs> head getting cut off. It was so yeah. much fucking blood. I was like, I had to like stop and go back and watch it again. I was like, is that what I saw? Did that really happen? So uh, faceless yeah. goon with no dick. It's uh, my vote for most gruesome death. Yep. Yeah. He shows up what he's made of. <laughs> <laughs> lots and lots All over the floor. of blood. Yeah. So that was it. That was uh, nice. Shoot 'em Ups uh, Three Deaths. That's super fun. We've never done that before. Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of fun. So, talking about all the blood and, and stuff, one thing that really bothered me about this uh, film was the cheesy ass, like, blood CGI. Like, the CGI was terrible. And it might have been for its time pretty good, but it, it was really hard. It was very distracting to me yeah yeah the cgi was was horrible which sucks because like i mean they used like it was something like like 17 gallons of blood in this movie and like 700 squid like they had the the practical effects but oh wow but when they when they didn't use the practical like when paul giamatti gets a hole blown through him and it's just like that looks like a thousand ways to die remember that old tv show where it's just like yeah uh -huh. number 720 you get fucking hit by a rake or something it's you know i 100 percent agree with you it it kind of takes you out of it a little bit. Um, and for something that's already like so out of control and over the top, you do have to like your special effects have to be, I think, on point. You know what I mean? Like, and, yeah. and to go practical for most of it. And then as soon as they went to a CGI, it was just, you're just like, what the fuck? So I don't, yeah. I, I think that, I don't think that the technology wasn't there, you know, because when did Iron Man come? Iron Man, tech, Iron Man CGI was awesome. That was probably 2007, 2008, right? The original one. But the, the budget was much, much higher. Sure, of course. But like something like Iron Man was, was 2008. And I mean, the special effects on that look leaps and bounds above. And actually, the, the CGI from Shoot 'em Up looks more like the Marvel stuff now, you know, like the TV shows and stuff. I know. <laughs> they they kind of like lost all that. Dude, that shit looks terrible. But I no, I get what you mean. Like, do you remember District Nine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, uh, Neil uh, Neil Blomkamp. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. That those special effects were amazing, and th those still hold up. And that was uh, it was probably a little bit later, but yeah, that was like I, uh, that always like two thousand blows my mind that like, yeah. But yeah, no, absolutely. It's yeah. like it's, mm -hmm. it's what people are willing to to invest both time and money wise into. Like if you set money aside for that kind of stuff, it's going to look better. If it's kind of an afterthought, yeah. Or if it's like, hey, we're out of money, we just got to deal with this. Then it's gonna look like shit. It's gonna look like the, like I said, like the new Marvel stuff, like the She-Hulk, where it's like, <laughs> did you guys not want to put any money into making this look good? Because it looks like ass. <laughs> so, do you know what was uh, what made me really laugh was when when Clive Owen is hiding in the bathroom and he drops his gun in the toilet. That was like a CGI toilet with like CGI <laughs> shit. I don't know if you noticed how how bad that was. No, I was like, I what the fuck? What did you? How did, yeah, how did you watch horrible. it? I rented the. Uh, I rented it from my library. Oh damn it! I should have done that. <laughs> I, I streamed yeah. it. So maybe my. Uh, you know, I don't have a very good TV, so maybe uh, maybe it didn't register as bad. But um, you know, what's funny about that scene. I one thing I really like about that is so he drops his gun in the toilet 
And then uh, he's like, fuck, I got to clean this gun up. So he puts the baby on the floor of this disgusting bathroom. And then he uses like the baby changing table in the bathroom to clean his gun. <laughs> yeah, that was so good. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was fun. I liked that. So, John, what were your favorite action sequences? If you had a, maybe, maybe let's say like top two or three. I mean, here's the thing. I mean, the whole thing was a goddamn action sequence. Uh, <laughs> I mean, number one, I'm, I'm going to sound basic as fuck, but the there's the scene where he's like banging Monica Bellucci and they're bouncing all around the room and he's he's it's he's like shooting people as they come in. They kind of rip it off later in, uh, was it Drive Angry, I think, with Nicolas Cage? They kind of do a similar thing. But it's literally like everything <laughs> you want from an action movie in one yeah in one scene you know what i mean it's like every wannabe tough guy's fantasy it's like oh there's all these bad guys and i'm the coolest dude in the room and i'm shooting everybody every shot fucking lands exactly where it needs to meanwhile i've got like one of the most beautiful women in the world and she's like all like all over me she's kissing all over me she's also like constantly orgasming that entire scene she's just orgasming the entire time and it's like she's foreign she's exotic she's mine you know it's just like it's fucking wild, man. It's like, it's the exact, it's like what every like fucking MMA fan probably pictures themselves being, you know what I mean? This like, yeah, right? this like <laughs> ultimate badass, like getting the girl, banging chicks, shooting people, unstoppable, cool, handsome, you know, it's just like, uh, but it worked, man. It fucking worked. It was fun. It I was did, cracking yeah. up the whole time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I swear there's a, I think it's Drive Angry. Is that the one with Amber Heard with Nicolas Cage? And they they he like meets some waitress in a bar. I think it's one of the girls from um, NYPD Blue. This is now getting very deep, but I think it's one of the actresses from NYPD Blue. <laughs> and he like he likes banging her in a hotel room while like same thing like shooting people. And I was watching. I was like, this is very familiar. And I had forgotten about shoot him up. So I mean, that's that's probably uh, one of my top yeah, I, top sequences. What what do, what do you think? I had that one down. One the one that I, that I really enjoyed actually was just the opening action sequence. Mm -hmm. So when you're introduced to all the characters and the whole situation, he's delivering the baby while he's shooting people. He cuts the, the umbilical cord with the gun. <laughs> he the he's like sliding so all good, over the yeah. place. It's, it's just so ridiculous. It's all over the top. Yeah. But it was just a good way to introduce this movie. It's like, it's just basically telling you to buckle up, that you're in for a, a wild ride. Yeah, totally. And what's funny about that is like, he had no dog in that fight. If he just would have sat there and not help that girl, this movie never would have taken place. <laughs> He had no, he had no reason to help that girl, but he just is a good dude. And like they set him up, it's the save the cat thing. It's like you set up the good guy, you give him somebody yeah. to save immediately, and now you're on his side the rest of the movie. No matter what he does, you're on his side, and uh, that's that's what it was. And it was no, it's super, it's super good. That opening sequence is super fun. He just had to mind his business though. I also like the I kind of mentioned it before the skydiving scene because it's so fucking over the yeah. top. It's like <laughs> it's so good. But that's I mean that's what you have to do with this kind of movie. Is like it's almost like like the Fast and the Furious franchise. Like the first one, they're like what are they stealing DVD players and like street racing, and now they're like in outer space, like shooting fucking like. There's one where like the rock is hanging they off. Go, a they go to space. I, I don't know. I haven't seen the new ones, but like <laughs> there's one. Oh. There's one where like the rock is like hanging off a submarine and like redirecting a torpedo with his hand like as it's like blasting through glaciers or some shit and i was just like oh man you have to though. like you can't slow down you have to just, you just get bigger and bigger. bigger yeah and that's what they were doing with these fight scenes with these gunfight scenes because it's like it's con it's a constant gunfight this movie's a constant gunfight mm -hmm. so it's like of course he's gonna you know three quarters of the way through the movie before the third act starts we have a gunfight and what's he gonna do 
It starts in an airplane and he jumps out of a fucking airplane and there's like dudes that are ready to go and they're like airplane skydiving suits. So everyone's flying through the air shooting each other. It's like, of course they're ready to go. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like Die Hard 2 yeah. when, uh, like they're like, hey, we got to chase Bruce Willis. They're at the DC airport. I used to live, at, I used to live in DC and in that movie, it snowed more in that movie than I've ever seen in my life. And there was like, the bad guys were like, again, faceless bad guys and they're on like, like, uh, what do they call like snow machines or whatever? Um, uh, like, what, uh, snowmobiles. snowmobiles thank you yeah they're on like snowmobiles like like blasting through the dc airport it's like why the fuck would they have snowmobiles and they're ready and they're all in matching suits and that's what this reminded me of so it's like <laughs> yeah we're just a bunch of goons we all got black like i'm i don't you don't ever see my face but i'm gonna be the one who takes this guy out i'm gonna skydive after this guy and take him out yeah anyway, i got this yeah and it's a great it's like a ballet in the sky and they're shooting each other and the guy ends up in the helicopter he turns into goo it's it's fun man it's just again i i I didn't like it as much as I remembered liking it, but I'm really enjoying talking about it right now. Yeah, exactly. The uh, That had one of my favorite deaths, I think, as well, was when he's using the guy, as they're falling, he's using one of the other faceless goons as a shield, mm -hmm. and the guy's coming right at him, shooting him. So he pulls the, the cord, mm -hmm. and the parachute opens up, and the guy just runs right into the parachute <laughs> and falls. That's so good. Yeah. <laughs> one One thing I... I, I thought that was interesting about this too was like we, we talk about how they're like hey buckle up like you're gonna be in for a ride and then it's not until the midpoint of this movie where you find out what the fuck is going on you know what I mean it's like <laughs> you got Paul Giamatti chasing yeah. Clive Owen he needs you know he needs a, a wet nurse basically for his baby so they bring in Monica Bellucci that all makes sense gunfight 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 and you're probably 45 minutes into this you know what do you say 87 minute movie like it's real short you know, movie before you find mm -hmm. out like, oh, here's why they're chasing this baby. Here's who the baby belongs to. Like, you don't, they don't give her the shit about <laughs> yeah. any of that stuff until you're like halfway through the movie. It's like, oh, hey, there's politicians and there's a second amendment. And this one guy's got bone marrow cancer or whatever. And it's like, what? Like, it was almost like an afterthought. Like, they couldn't justify just making a movie. I feel like the movie they wanted to make was the first half twice. You know what I mean? Like, we're just going to get bigger and have crazy yeah. gunfights. But they're like, you can't expect an audience to sit with you without giving them a reason. You know what I mean? Like there has to be an answer to all this. So they kind of like threw in this bullshit about like, you know, a politician and then blah, 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 you know? And uh, it, it felt like almost like, like tacked on, like they didn't want to do that part, but they're like, all right, we got to do something. But again, it was like, yeah, we, we, we should probably put a plot in here somewhere. Yeah. But it's like the politicians in there yeah. for five or six minutes and he's dead. You know what I mean? Like, Paul Giamatti somehow ends up on the airplane, then everybody jumps off and they're skydiving and shooting each other. It's like, no, get, just get back to the action. So. It just doesn't stop. Yeah. yeah. The the ending of that scene too was awesome where he lands and he's walking away and it, you see like a, a bird's eye view and there's just a bunch of dead bodies all over the floor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was so good. Yeah. There's like parachutes very filled pretty. with blood and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, one thing I didn't, I didn't like about this movie though, I, the, the main three... Well, the main two were really good. Paul Paul Giamatti and Clive Owen were really good. Monica Bellucci was was fine, but the rest of the actors, anyone else was just like I was like, what the fuck? Like they were awful. Ooh, yeah. They were bad. Like the Clive Owen gets the idea he's like gonna abandon this baby in a park, so like somebody will find it, <laughs> and he like puts it on the merry-go-round, like the is that what it's called? I think a merry-go-round, right? And uh, yes, it's something. And he like puts it on this thing, and he's walking away, and some lady walks up, and she goes. Somebody left a baby, and it's like bang, she gets shot, and then there's another gunfight. You know what I mean? Like, all, none of the goons like brought anything to it. Like, it was just like 
Yeah. I, I feel like everyone was just like, all right, you get one take. We don't care about this. All we care about is gunfights. That's all we care about is gunfights. I, I actually have that the exact same thing on my notes here. It says, oh, my God, someone left a baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this horrible ADR, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it did seem like they had fun overall making this movie. You know what I mean? Like, they weren't, like, yeah. yucking it up or anything like that. But you, I bet you that, like, this was a super fun set to be on. It was also, too, just basically, like, a Bugs Bunny cartoon. Like, a live-action Bugs Bunny. You know what I mean? Like... Clive, it really was. We had the yeah. Clive Owens, Bugs Bunny. He's munching on carrots the whole time. Paul Giamatti looks like fucking Elmer Fudd. You know what I mean? Like he's just this like doughy kind of. But I mean, they even like they are throwing out like Bugs Bunny lines. He's like, "Oh, aren't you a wascally rabbit?" You know what I mean? Like, it's, like they <laughs> yeah. play, they leaned into it. So you know, it was fine. And I love Looney Tunes. Like I loved Looney Tunes as a kid. So I think that's why the first time I watched it, I was like, "Oh, there's something that's like clicking for me about this. I'm yeah. really enjoying it." You know. Yeah, that I mean that's one thing. This movie knew what it was. Yeah, for sure, and it did look like they had a lot. Of, it was a fifty-six day shoot, so it was it was pretty quick for what all they had. I guess they had a big, uh, big second unit director doing a lot of the action sequences as well. Yeah, I'm sure to try to fit it yeah, all. In you there. have to. Mm-hmm. Every time I met Paul Giamatti, no, <laughs> I was working like I was working at a bar. I was a bartender, as most people will be at some point in Los Angeles, and um, it was during one of the like the LA Film Festival. They used to do it in the, the neighborhood I worked because there's all these like independent theaters and I was work, I worked at this big physically like a big bar and it was packed and then but I worked at a tiny bar on the side that night and just randomly some lady walks over she's like hey is this bar open I was like yeah have a seat and it was like her and Paul Giamatti sat at my bar and you know I don't get starstruck I don't give a shit so she ordered two drinks I gave them the drinks and they're kind of having a conversation and their drinks are empty and uh I was like, hey, can I get you guys another round? And he seriously looked at me like I fucking farted in his face. I was like, dude, <laughs> like this is literally my job. I didn't say, hey, Paul Giamatti, I'm a huge fan. And then he just kind of like gave me this like <laughs> like disgusting, like like pig vomit look. Like, Ugh. you know, I was like, oh, weird. I was like, all right, dude, I don't, I don't give a shit. Here's your tap. Like, I like close him out. I was like, I don't give a fuck about this. <laughs> so I closed him get out. out yeah. <laughs> like most people, like, oh, I, nice. I don't know if he had like, maybe his, he had a movie that, you know, maybe he's just having a bad day. I don't. I try to give people the benefit of the doubt, especially if they are constantly being... Or maybe that was his smile. Maybe that was his smile. Maybe he was super <laughs> happy to see me, and then I was rude to him, yeah. and then he's like, he's on a podcast right now being like, this fucking bartender one time in like 2007. Yeah. <laughs> this bartender. <laughs> you know what part was disgusting? Give it to me. When he grabbed the dead girl's titty? So, yeah, that was pretty gross. <laughs> <laughs> but what was even worse, Hammerson? Okay. The uh, I guess the second to one of the other bad guys, he's down there and he's he's petting his dog and he's like the dog's licking his face and he gets all nasty and then he he gets up and he starts talking but he has all that like drool on his face and the scene just keeps going on <laughs> but he's got that drool on his face the whole time I was like ugh, yeah. wipe your face clean man. it up bro <laughs> you have a dog right I do have a dog and I do my best you let to the dog not lick your face? let him lick my face no he licks his his <laughs> asshole I'm not gonna let him lick my face yeah. I've seen him eat other dogs' no, shit. I, like, he's eating his own shit in front of me and then, like, smiled at me. I'm like, dude, no, you don't get to put your mouth anywhere near my mouth. You just pick up trash yep. with your mouth. No. What about you? You let your dog lick your face? You do. No, you do. Don't I you sick fuck? Like, no. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. I always, I, always, I always back him up. I'm like, no. no. I have to back up and it's gross. And what, was that even his dog, though, or was it just, like, a random dog? I mean, it was, I it, was, it, was, it, was it was like a hunting dog, like a, 
It was like a like a trained like they were looking for Clive Owen, but like was it his or was it just like somebody else's dog? And he was just like really into it. I'm pretty sure it was. I mean, he had a pretty strong connection. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Actually, not the end though, because the dog just walks out with Clive Owen. He's like, "Hey, you're my new you're my new homie." Yeah, and he also tell, doesn't he tell the dog he's like they're in like like a taxidermist, and he's like, "This is gonna be you someday, not for a while, but this is gonna be you." Oh, yeah, it's like, you fucking creep. <laughs> so one thing that I found pretty interesting. He was able to convince the studio. So you, you'll, you'll like this. This guy used to do storyboards for a lot of action movies okay. and things like that. So what he ended up doing was he tried to describe this this movie, what he had in his head, so many people for so long, and he felt like people didn't get the idea. So he actually storyboarded and drew out a 15-minute animation sequence of like the key action and so that's what they used to show all the producers and everything. Oh, really? And then once he, once people saw that, they were like, oh, I get what you're doing. Yeah. This is like over the top ridiculous. Yeah. And so it's just like, it looks like, you know, how a regular storyboard would look. So the animation is pretty cheesy, but all the motion and like the, the movement of the action sequences are all there, which is pretty cool. Oh, that's interesting. So I thought that was pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah. One, one thing I've learned, and you've, you've dealt with this too, like when you're dealing with corporate customers, uh, when you're like shooting and creating stuff is they can't visualize it they have to see it exactly mm -hmm. and you think like oh once i get into like making movies and, set, and pitching tv shows or pitching movies people are gonna, no they don't they still don't fucking see it man it's like <laughs> anything you can do to describe to show them physically what you're trying to do is gonna be is gonna behoove you because they just don't they yeah. can't fucking picture it so why do you think uh or do you have any thoughts on why this movie wasn't uh, as big of a hit as it could have been i think this was definitely a you had to like really get what you were getting into like you had to be in on the joke like okay this is ridiculous i'm on this like leave logic at the door yeah just enjoy the, the ride people probably wanted more of a story especially because again you have uh the three main actors you're like oh this is gonna be good it's got an awesome cast it's gonna be some good acting you know what i mean mm -hmm. and then it's just this like crazy nonsense and it's non-stop nonsense it's non-stop um, nonsense it's, it's oh, literally so, a looney so yeah, yeah. Yep, exactly. I don't know. I remember loving it. I do, of course, the first time I watched it, I, I definitely loved it a lot more than this time. I think that's just be, mainly because of the CGI. And, yeah. And I guess now that you, you mentioned it, the, the pacing before does kind of make sense a little bit. Well, but yeah, I don't know. It's, what, it's a little too much, I think, for people. Yeah, I, I think it's that. I think there's a lot of, and we've kind of talked before about um, like Ex Machina, you know what I mean? Like, or like plot armor where it's just like, you know, Paul Giamatti at one point, he's like, He's got the dead girl in his car, and he grabs her tit, and she she got she gets milk on his hand, and he's like, "God, the babies needs to eat. Find me every wet nurse and whore who's <laughs> breastfeeding in the city." And literally the next scene, he's like at Monica Bellucci's place, and it's like, "What yeah. the fuck?" You know. So there's a lot of like, you've got to kind of like uh, disconnect your brain a little bit and just allow for that stuff to happen. No, he he does kind of say later he's like. uh you know, oh, I, I, I know how people think. Like, it's something I've always been able to do. You know what I mean? Like, I played paper, rock, scissors mm -hmm. as a kid, and I was really good, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, but you're also not from this town, so you're not going to know that, like, Monica <laughs> Bellucci is a whore who specializes in, like, you know, wet nurse fetish or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it seemed like it yeah. was a, a little bit of a stretch. You know what I mean? Like, so, yeah, you had to kind of, like, like I said, like unplug a little bit to enjoy it. And some people just can't, just can't do that. It also opened. Did you look at like um, anything that it opened against that weekend or did you get into that at all? No, tell me, tell me. So that, that weekend it released against 310 to Yuma, the remake with Christian Bale and all that. 
which itself oh, wasn't okay. really that big. I don't know that wasn't that was that a success. Kind of a failure yeah. as well. So I that wasn't so, huge, yeah. but it still it opened with you know it, money that could have gone to shoot them up. Um, but also like within a month or so of that, so like Halloween remake was out, Super Bad was out, Balls of Fury, oh. Death Sentence, the the Jet Li movie War. The Born Ultimatum was still in theaters. I pronounced you Chuck and Larry was still in theaters. So like there was a lot of competition for There's that like going dude yeah. bro action violence comedy dollar. You know what I mean? Like mm. uh, I think the the reviews weren't very good for it. Um you look at it now and you can see like a bunch of mixed reviews, but at the time I just remember people kind of shitting all over it. Clive Owen, I mean Did you see this in theaters? I did not see it in theaters. No, no. I saw it on DVD. Oh, okay. But I think that Clive Owen wasn't as big of a star as people thought he was or is, you know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't know if Clive Owen's the kind of guy that puts butts in seats, uh, or at least at the time didn't. He, yeah. he had just, I mean, the year before he had put out um, uh, Children of Men. Have you seen Children of Men? That's like one of my top five Fucking films. Beautiful. I love, I love that film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I almost, so I almost said we should do this as a double feature with uh with this movie children of men and, and baby shoot him up <laughs> yeah and shoot him up the, the clive a, clive owen baby gun double feature that would have been That's okay right. oh, all right well you know what we're gonna cancel the <laughs> podcast we're gonna come back in a week we're gonna do a double feature oh yeah that would have been good don't ever be ashamed and then I was don't ever be my... hesitant about pitching me a double feature yeah right <laughs> and then that was uh and then i was gonna make it my next pick for next week was going to be Children of, Men. Children of Men. But I feel like after watching this, we need a little bit of a break to take Children of Men serious. Yeah, that would have <laughs> been I think a good... we're just going to keep comparing it to, to this movie. That would have been a good versus, too. Children of Men versus Shoot em yeah. Up. Yeah. <laughs> the Clive Owen protecting a baby double feature. Oh, man. Yeah. That's Waldo. Come on. Come on, bro. Yeah, I should have called it. Sorry. <laughs> and sorry. That's all right. But this is definitely too, like, say, like, why it didn't, why it didn't work. I mean, it's definitely a, a fucking bro movie. You know what I mean? Like, I could never yeah. take a date mm-hmm. to see Shoot 'em Up, but I would like sit at my apartment with like a bunch of friends and like drink beers and like laugh at it and enjoy it, you know, and talk shit. Yeah. So, and I think that's what this is. Yeah. So I mean, I think it served its purpose. I think if people would have realized that, because even the trailer was pretty ridiculous. So I, th- I think you should have known what you were getting into. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I mean. Again, my, my, my buddies came back when we were at work, and he was like, he killed a motherfucker with a carry. He just kept saying that. And I was like, <laughs> now I kind of want to see this. I want to see how he kills this guy with a carry. Yeah. That's, that's like some like a, like a bullseye from, from Daredevil shit. Like, yeah, I just, I have something, and I can make it a weapon. <laughs> and, and, you know, I'm, but then it was just, it was that, and then shooting people, shooting people, shooting people. But then when he killed, because he, yeah. he killed two guys with a carrot, uh, the second time he does Three, it. Three, technically. Who's the third one? Because <laughs> at the very end. At the very end, he uses the carrot and the gun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, let me rephrase that then. He stabs two guys in the face with a carrot. But because he does the first one, and then it's like an hour of just gunfight. And then it's kind of refreshing again when he finally re stabs a guy in the face with a carrot. Yeah. You know, it's like, hey, mm-hmm. all right, man, carrot. And do they ever I, explain, It might even like, be the exact midpoint. Maybe. It might be. I know yeah. that he, when yeah. he eats the carrot, it like helps his eyes focus he gets like super intense but do they ever explain why it's happening i don't think they do, do they? i know he grows carrots so. in his he grows carrots in his yeah, like shitty his little yeah thing. his <laughs> shitty loft i like too they're like yeah like they they kind of they kind of hint the fact that it's new york and then they do this wide shot and it's obviously not new york <laughs> of the city it's like toronto, toronto i think yeah it was shot in toronto yeah, yeah. i was like <laughs> all right 
I mean, I guess most people fucking know the difference. I it looked like the, at first I thought it was Detroit. I was like, is that where is that? Is that Detroit? Do you think that this movie uh, affected anyone's career in any way, or it probably uh, stopped Monica Bellucci from becoming like a serious actress for a while in the United in like the United States, in the U.S. Yeah, is my guess. Yeah, that probably affected her negatively. Is my guess just because she's very talented. She probably could have gotten more roles, I think. But she, I don't feel like she didn't really get too many. Most of her stuff were not American films. Yeah, I mean, she's big Italian and, um, or is she French? Bellucci is probably, I'm guessing she's Italian. I don't have to look she's it up. She's Italian, yeah. yeah. You know, she, you know, when they did the, because um, she speaks Italian, she speaks French. So when they did the uh, foreign versions, she just dubbed herself. <laughs> like she just did it herself. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, like, nah, I'm looking at, I'm I got looking at Clive Owen and like, I mean, he did like after this. He kind of did. He did the international. I don't really remember what that was. Um, I'm guessing it's some kind of international spy thriller. Uh, he did Duplicity. He did Trust. Like he didn't really like. He didn't have any like bangers. You know what I mean? So maybe it kind of slowed yeah, down. Never, maybe he never really blew up. Maybe they were like, oh, Clive Owen. Maybe not. Maybe he's not the uh, the leading man we thought he was. So maybe it kind of hurt Clive yeah. Owen's career. You know, Paul Giamatti's fine. He's a character actor. Nobody gives a fuck about character actors. You know. Yeah, I mean he, you know, all due respect. I mean he he's carried movies, obviously, Sideways, American Splendor. You know what I mean? But, but mm. Paul Giamatti can always work as like the friend. <laughs> you know what I mean, like it's harder for Clive Owen to. Yeah, you can't be handsomer than the leading man. So it's hard for Clive Owen to be the friend. I wonder too if like uh, I I don't, I don't know. I'm just gonna say this. I wonder if this cost him James Bond because you know he was up for James Ooh. Bond. Him and uh, it was like him and Daniel Craig. They were kind of looking at. And then Monica Bellucci. Oh, wow, that could be. Monica Bellucci went on to be in a James Bond movie, but I don't know. Let me look real quick. Well, it would have been 2006, so Daniel Craig had already, I guess, been cast as James Bond when this came out. Maybe this is like a uh, fuck so maybe you. that's why he, you know. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you don't think I can shoot people? Yeah. And look cool? Or he's like, yeah, you want to... Uh, yeah. yeah, you want to cast him as a serious uh, leading man, international spy? I'm going to... Be a goofy ass shooting people with stabbing people with carrots counterpoint, you know. <laughs> That's right. But you know who else I didn't see uh, in too many roles after this movie was uh, the henchman who gets killed. I think his name was Henchman Number Ninety Seven. Oh yeah, you didn't see him a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was like the last film I saw him in. He <laughs> thought this was gonna blow him up. You know what's funny though is like I actually crack, crack up at the girl. I don't know why it cracks me up. Um, so the you know, the, the the mother, the pregnant woman in the beginning, the actress, her real mm-hmm. name is Ramona Pringle. And for some reason that was <laughs> Ramona Pringle. It sounds Ramona like Ramona Pringle. It sounds like a question. Yeah. It sounds like something like a fake like Tim Ramona and Eric. Pringle? Yeah. Like a Tim and Eric name. <laughs> there's Ben Flaff and there's Ramona Pringle. <laughs> oh, Scott McCord. Oh, sorry. I I just pulled up IMDb. Scott McCord is in this. He's one of the henchmen. And Scott McCord is in uh, he's like one of the leads from that show from right now on Amazon. Oh, so, cool. Do you know what his character's name is char- in this? His character in this is Killer Shot in Behind. Just goes to show you, man. Yeah. Like, 20, 20 years later or 15 years later, you can get your own TV show. Yeah, I guess he's the That's guy right. who, remember he got shot in the butt and he's like, oh, I got shot in the, shot in the butt. And then Paul Giamatti like shoots him again <laughs> in the butt. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I was just scrolling through IMDb and I saw I saw his face here. It's a uh, it's a who's who of ugly henchmen as you scroll through. That's right. <laughs> Their IMDb, <laughs> these goons. They you, you get cast as uh, as a 
as a scary looking goon for a reason. And that's kind of what you're going to be cast as forever. But yeah, like I said, fun movie. I, I didn't enjoy, I really enjoyed talking to you about it, but I didn't enjoy it, uh, watching it as much as I remembered enjoying it the first time. Have I changed? Yeah. Maybe. Have my taste changed? Possibly. Had it, did I have rose colored goggles? Maybe. You know what I mean? Sometimes when you're not expecting <laughs> yeah. a movie to be good and then it's okay, you're like, oh, that was actually, I actually enjoyed that. And then you go back and watch yeah, it again expecting it to be about? good. That was pretty good. Yeah. Exactly. Remember the first G.I. Joe movie that came out? Everyone was shitting on it. And by the time I saw it, I was like, yeah, it was all right. I actually yeah, enjoyed it. It was cool. You yeah. Know. It, was, it was, it was, you know, it was an action, it was a superhero movie. Yeah, exactly. Most actually. Up until that, like for up until recently, I would watch these superhero movies and be like, "Yeah, that was pretty good." And then, you know, as soon as it's done, you start like questioning and realizing, like, "Wait, why did that happen?" Or yeah. that didn't make any yeah, sense. Yeah. But for the most part, they're enjoyable to watch while you're watching it and experiencing it. But then recently, there's been a lot of. I just saw the newest Ant Man movie. Oh yeah, Quantum Mania. God, it was horrible. Was it? Yeah. I haven't seen it. Oof. I dude, I, it was so bad. I watched. Uh, I, I saw like the final like was it Endgame the Avengers Endgame like the way they kind of mm, they kind yeah. of put the pin in the Infinity Gauntlet saga and then since then I think I saw um, I tried to watch is it the Immortals no the Eternals on an airplane yeah I saw that that was horrible dude I'd rather yeah. jump off the airplane than watch I, I turned it off I was like I can't this movie's <laughs> fucking terrible you can't introduce that many characters you can't introduce an ensemble mm. like that. Um, it was terrible. Yeah. And I feel like there's something else I watched that I can't quite remember. Like I tried the shows. I tried, you know, I, you know, I, I tried the uh, Marvel zombies and, and, um, what if, and, and I didn't watch She-Hulk or any of that shit, but it's just, like Captain, we, we need a, Captain Soldier, Winter Soldier, whatever. I was just like, it's fucking all, even WandaVision, oh, like, you know, WandaVision, yeah. like WandaVision, the first like three were cool. And then I was like. This is just fucking trash, man. It's just, it's just, uh, you know, it's like the the first kind of comic book movies were like of of the Marvels that came out that were amazing. The you know the Iron Man and all that stuff. Like it was it was quality. They cared about quality. Now they just care about the quantity. They just want to put out more and more and more yeah. product. And it's like, guys, you got to take your time and tell a good story and have good special effects. Here's what we got to do. We got to get a guest on the show. That is a diehard fan of all these movies, and he's got to try to convince us why they're good movies. I'd like to have that conversation. Yeah. Okay. Because there are like there are there are fans like real movie fans that really enjoy these movies. I, I just don't get it. Yeah. We. I need to. I need. To, I need to know what they know. All right. We will find. We'll start bringing. Some, <laughs> hey, if you're listening, write us. And if you're a huge Marvel fan, a huge superhero movie fan, if there's a superhero movie, it doesn't even have to be Marvel. Let's say this: if there's a superhero movie that you like that other people don't like. Defend it. Let us know. Defend it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we'll bring you on. Mm -hmm. we talk about it. <laughs> so, Oswaldo, what, uh, nice. anything, you got anything else about uh, Shoot 'em Up? No, that that's it. I, I would recommend it for someone who's looking for a, a goofy, over-the-top action, who knows what they're getting into, probably hanging out with your friends. Yeah. I think it, it would be a good watch. You, yeah. So, uh, you would recommend it for a first-time viewer? If somebody hadn't seen it in a while, you'd be like, hey, why, why don't you give it a chance? Uh, maybe not. Maybe be like, if you remembered it being good, then just leave it at that. <laughs> just let it, just let it, just live in your memory banks yeah. as a good movie. I'm into that. I wish, I wish I would have done that. But here's the thing. I've, I mean, I've talked to other people in the last however many years where I've been like, dude, did you see Shoot 'em Up? And they're, everybody's like, yeah, man, that was, like when it first came out, people hated it, but then it's slowly like people again, like people kind of remember it being 
I think better than it was. So if you it's it's probably a good movie to have a conversation about and then you're like, "Oh, but this part was cool." And then, you know, at like how we were talking about yeah. it. Like we first started off negative and then by by conversations talking about all these crazy deaths. So maybe they give it a second shot and they're like, oh yeah, you know what? It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you hated yeah. it, watch it again, expecting to hate it and you might like it. If you really liked it, that's right. Yeah. don't watch it again. <laughs> don't watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's shoot 'em up, everybody. So uh, yeah, why don't you, uh, why don't you let us know what you think? We're on Instagram uh, at, oh yeah, that was a good movie. We're at, uh, you can read us email, oh yeah, that was a good movie at Gmail dot com uh our twitter is a dead space i think we have a facebook i don't really do much with the facebook either but instagram everybody's got instagram right instagram and uh gmail everyone definitely has email uh let us know what you think uh give us your review tell us how we were right how we were wrong we always love having people tell us how we were wrong defend defend yourself tell us what you think right. and why you think it is there a superhero movie you love that we hate that you think we'll hate we'll watch it We'll watch it and we'll fight you on it. We're ready. Yeah, We're ready we'll for a it. fight. Uh-huh. I'm, re- I'm always ready for a good fight. Oswaldo, my friend, that was shoot 'em up. That was my pick. Moving into next week, what do you got for us, friend? So speaking about defending movies that everybody hates and you love, next week we have a movie that is known to be one of like the worst movies of all time. The Leonard Part Six. Now, <laughs> I've seen this movie. You probably have seen this movie. Is my guess. Okay. Now, I don't really remember too much about this movie. Okay. But our next guest really loves this movie. We have a guest? So we have a guest, yeah. And they're gonna defend they're gonna bring it they're gonna come on and defend this movie? That's right. Yep. All right. The, he he's, he says that it's one of his favorite movies of all time. We're gonna see why. So I'm gonna give you a little description here. Actually, you know what? I'm just gonna start reading some cast members on here. Well give me a give me a year. Give me a year first. Oh, okay. Here we go. The year is 2006. <laughs> this movie is starring Curtis Armstrong. You know who that is? He's, booger he's not. Yeah, Nerds. Booger. Yeah, he's not on American, yeah. uh-huh. American Dad, and he's Booger in uh, Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah. 2006, and it's Curtis Armstrong. 2006. That that's just one person. Yeah. Okay. It's not just We've Curtis got Armstrong. Sarah Michelle Geller. Oh, st- uh, stop. Uh, this is on my list. I've actually never seen it. Is it? Um, is it Southland Tales? Yes, is it, it is. Southland Tales? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I've never seen Southland Tales. I have a friend who would also would come on and defend this movie to the death, but I've never, I've actually never seen it. So nice. Okay, but it was on, it was yeah, on my list as like if if we were because we talked before about maybe doing something that neither of us had seen. So that was gonna be one of mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, nice. Yeah. Okay. So. Man, I didn't have to go to Sean William Scotts or Dwayne Johnson. I wouldn't have got, got Sean it. William Scott wouldn't have helped. <laughs> Dwayne Johnson might have helped. But Sarah, I remember Sarah Michelle Gellar ah, okay. being in it. I didn't know Curtis Armstrong was in it. Uh, who was our, yeah. who's our guest? <laughs> My cousin, Hoser. Hoser. Writer extraordinaire. Hoser. Yeah. Uh-huh. I haven't seen so Hoser he's, uh, since your wedding. For those of you who don't yeah. know, yeah, he's, uh, he's also a film. He does a lot of movies with me. We've been doing movies our whole lives. Um, he loves writing just like yourself, John, so... He'll he'll come at it as the uh, the point of view of a writer okay. and just movie fan, movie fanatic. So it'll be it'll be a lot of fun. I will say this: I'm excited. Uh, I haven't seen Hoser since your wedding, but I will always remember till the day I die him wearing the coolest sweater I've ever seen in my life, which was like <laughs> a black sweater, and it had Slimer from Ghostbusters one like stitched into it, and people were going crazy. <laughs> we're in, were we in San Diego like partying that night, like for before the wedding, and people were like going crazy for it. Yeah. 
So Hoser will always have a special place in my heart uh, just for that sweater. Uh, who did did who wrote and directed Southland Tales? Was it the Darny Darko guys? I feel like it was somebody like uh, so Richard Kelly. Because yeah, Richard Kelly wrote uh, yeah he wrote Darny Darko the box. Okay yeah Domino. Okay Richard Kelly he's he's got some skins on the wall. Um, I feel like Southland Tales yeah, was his uh-huh. follow up to Donnie Darko and people hated it because they wanted another Donnie Darko. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna wax too philosophical on it yet because I haven't seen it and that's for next week. So yeah, it'll it'll be it'll be fun. I remember it, it was on Netflix and I watched it I believe by myself just because I was like, oh, this guy's The Rock and this was still like early The Rock, and then it, it had a. Uh, it's got a, it it's got a Scott, great it's Wilson. got a great cast if I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Was Justin Timberlake in this? I don't I don't see him on here. Uh Janine Garofalo, is that who you're thinking of? Are you thinking of Christopher Lambert? No, Christopher no, Lambert? It, it was it Are you thinking of Yeah, uh, that was Sean Sean Williams. You thinking of Jean Larroquette? cuz he's in it. Are you thinking of Bai Ling cuz she's in it? John <laughs> Lovitz? Dude, there's so many people John Mandy Lovitz Moore. Is in it? Yeah, there's so many people yeah. Sherry O'Terry. Yeah, it's got a great Amy cast. Poehler. The only thing I, I know who Bai Ling, yeah, the actress, th- is, it's, she's funny because I remember she was she's supposed to have a part in the new Star Wars movies, like the original three prequels, and then she did Playboy and they cut her out of Star Wars. <laughs> you're like, nope, <laughs> nope, you're done. Uh, she was in oh, your boy. friend's uh, favorite movie, The Crow. Oh, that's right. I'm going to get a Bai Ling tattoo. All right, so next week we'll talk about uh, Southland Tales. Okay, I'm actually, I'm excited because I, I, like I said, I've never seen it and I've always wanted to see it. So Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Give me a give me a good reason. Yeah, and I want to have more guests on our show. We always have fun with that. Yeah, like having guests on the show, and I like this idea of uh, them trying to convince us that movies that people don't like are good. So, is there a movie you love that you <laughs> don't true. like that people don't like? Let us know. We'll bring you on. We'll talk shit. All right. So next Let's week, uh, Southland Tales. Can't wait with uh, with Hoser. Is that what we're calling him Hoser? Hoser. That's his name. Hoser. All right. Mr. Hoser, oh, yeah. Love it, love <laughs> it. Cannot wait. All right, Oz, Valdo, my friend, that leaves us with uh, with what's good. This is the part of the show where we talk about something that's not movie-related. It could be anything. It could be an art project. It could be a book. It could be a TV show. Sometimes it's a piece of equipment we're using. Sometimes it's a dill pickle seasoning we are really enjoying. <laughs> it, could be, it could be anything. Which I found at Trader Joe's. Did you find the dill pickle seasoning? Did you buy it? Very good. Oh, yeah, so and it was two dollars and fifty cents. Really? It oh, wasn't the twenty dollars that you were paying those for. Fuckers. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> it must be like dill pickle seasoning. I got the. Uh, we got a dill pickle mustard from Trader Joe's that I've been using, which has been pretty. Oh good. yeah, but it's not quite that. as uh-huh. good. The seasoning on chicken is really good. It tastes like Chick Fil A. So yeah, nice. Uh, well, Osvaldo, I think I went first last week. It doesn't matter. Why don't you tell sure, me? Sure, I'll go first. Why don't you tell time. me what's good? This show ended a few months, actually, probably a couple years ago now um, that I think about it. But it was if one of the coolest TV shows that I've seen in a really long time, and I feel like it doesn't get its dues as much as something like Breaking Bad, The Wire. But I think the quality of storytelling and film producing is just as high on this the show but it's also half in spanish so oh, i'm thinking okay. that has a lot to do with its popularity well, I haven't watched but it. this is uh narcos mexico oh okay um actually all of narcos is really fucking good but just uh recently i w- finished watching the the last season of narcos i kind of took a break for a little bit yeah and then when the new season came out i was like oh i want to watch that but i kept putting it off and i'm sorry that i did because it was so good the last season was so well done. I mean, the whole, every single season just kind of blew me away with performances, the the characters, the storytelling. 
you're following these mass murdering assholes and you're like kind of rooting for them. Yeah, <laughs> rooting for the bad guy. The, the way yeah. it works, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So was that um, – so I saw, I saw the first season, which was the Pablo Escobar season, right? They only did one yeah. season mm-hmm. with him? It was also really good. Yeah, it was great. They did Well, they did three seasons. He died at the end of the second season. Okay. And the third season was actually better than the first two. Was for that was that was the original Narcos Columbia, I think. Was it Pedro Pedro Pascal like and then the what's his name? The the white guy. Were the same guys, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. I feel like I started <laughs> Yeah, but this actually probably coincides with what you were saying. I feel like I started watching it and then I was just like, There's too much Spanish. I don't wanna watch this. <laughs> <laughs> See? <laughs> I don't know if that's true or if that's just something that I've concocted in my brain as being true, but uh, I started to watch it, and I feel like I actually feel like because they put such a bow on the first two two seasons with like Pablo being dead and all that, it was just like mm-hmm. I don't care. It's like it was like season uh, season one of Dexter when that first came out was like awesome, you know. But then season two came out, mm-hmm. and I was like, yeah, I don't care. There was no cliffhanger. Like they wrapped it up. What the fuck are they? Like I'm gonna have to re be reintroduced to all this storyline, and I was just like, I don't care. And then I ended up watching it later. But I feel like that kind of is what struck me as uh, the Narcos Mexico. I was like, we've already done this. This has already been wrapped up. What are we doing here? So you recommend it, though. You think it's good to... Uh... Yeah, I mean, it's a whole completely different story than... Actually, it's 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 basically... So the original Narcos, we kind of saw what was happening in Colombia. But this all takes place in, like, Mexico. And it's it's that story that happens. Okay. And so some of the timelines do kind of overlap. But it is a whole different story. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm saying, though. It was because it was a whole different story. I was like, "All right, I can jump out now, and I don't have to watch it." But you're yeah, saying, I, "I see what you mean." You're saying I've made a mistake, and I should jump back in and watch yeah, it. Yeah, you did. Yeah, it's so good. It's so it's so well done. It's so well written. It's it's just amazing in both languages. In both languages, yeah. <laughs> okay, so Narcos Mexico. What is it? Is yeah, it on Netflix? That's not what's what is it? It's on Netflix. Yeah. So is it is it done now? It's done. Yeah. They 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 said it's over. They said that. We were pretty much caught up. I feel like there's still a lot more they can do. Sure. Um, but I don't know if they're they're going to try to... I think they're going to a different story after this. I think they're going to like a Los Angeles thing. Okay. Um, but I'm not sure. Yeah. So they, they want me to be involved in it because it's in Los Angeles? Because I'm a Los Angeles-based right, filmmaker. Yeah. I don't know if you listen at the beginning of the show. You better watch the. You better watch Narcos <laughs> Mexico. So when they ask you about it, you better, yeah. yeah, I'll be. I'll do that. You, you can. can you can work on the Bear because it's based in Chicago. <laughs> do you watch the Bear? Oh yeah. I saw the first episode and I, it was okay. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. I, I, it's, everyone tells me I made a mistake though that I should keep watching it. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. Um, I thought about doing that as a what's good. It's a little too easy, I think. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like everyone's really <laughs> everyone's really into it, so I'm yeah. like, that's ah, fine. Nobody nobody's gonna get anything out of that, you know. But you're saying Narcos Mexico? That's the one. Narcos Mexico. Yeah, definitely worth a watch. Three seasons, good story. If you can get over those little inch, little tiny words at the bottom, <laughs> did uh, I think you'll? Uh, I think you really appreciate it. So that was my what's good, Narcos Mexico, John. What's good with you? So uh, I mentioned earlier that I used to I used to work in a bar, and I actually met my wife working in the bar. Uh, she was a waitress. I was like the daytime bartender. Uh, and Are you going to pick your wife? I'm going to pick your what's my good? wife as what's good. Everyone should <laughs> hang out with her. Uh, every time she hangs out with people, <laughs> she ends up with more friends, and I end, oh, up, yeah. I end up with less friends. Uh-huh. Yeah, because always Everybody like you're it. always like your wife's so cool. You, she can hang out if you're busy. You, she can hang out. Can I get her number? Yeah, like, like right. I want to hang out with. Her. <laughs> so anyway, I really like her. She's a cool lady. Um, 
One of the th earlier things that we connected on, though, was uh, I used to do, I like doing the crossword puzzle, right? So I used to do the crossword puzzle, and she was like, oh, I knew Weird. I knew I was really into you because you did the crossword puzzle in pen, and like that's a baller move because everyone does Ooh. it in pencil, but you do it in pen because you're confident. So we would do the crossword puzzle, and like you know, the relationship uh, turned into what it turned into, and here we are a million years later, married, and uh, we were kind of like cleaning up. I, we have a spare room, kind of like an office spare room, and, and we were cleaning up, and she came across a book that someone had bought her and was like the LA Times Sunday crossword puzzles for like a decade. And it was like, oh shit. So like we start, I haven't done crossword puzzles in a while, but then we sat down and like we were watching a movie and I kind of picked it up and I was messing with it. And then she was like kind of looking over my shoulder doing it. And like, we weren't even paying attention to the movie after a while. We were just working on crossword puzzles. So now like a couple of old nerds, we have this book <laughs> with like 500 crossword puzzles in it, the LA Times Sunday crossword puzzle. And we literally just sit there and we don't even really talk. We just are, are next to each other. We each have our pen and we're looking at the crossword and we're, we're writing, but it's, it's a good quality time that we're spending together. And um, yeah, man, it's, it's literally just the, the Sunday, the LA Times, I think I said New York Times, but it's the LA Times Sunday crossword puzzle book. If you can get one, if you like crossword puzzles, because the Sunday is not crazy hard. It's big. Like, if you do crossword, you know, like, Monday is super easy. And then Friday, especially, and Saturday especially, is super hard. So it gets harder as the week goes on. But That's funny. Sundays are like... So every day they make a, a crossword puzzle? In the newspaper, there's a new crossword puzzle every day. Yeah. That's crazy. Like I say, if, you, if you're new, if you're a noob, start on Monday. <laughs> And you'll kind of like All learn. Right. People are always like, oh, I can't do crossword puzzles. You, no, you can. You, you have to learn. It's more about learning like what they're asking for than knowing the trivia behind it, if that makes sense. Because like they phrase questions in a certain way. And the more you do it, the more you're like, they're not looking for this answer. They're looking for this. You know what I mean? But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, we've been really just been enjoying hanging out. And because um, and, work's been slow for me right now. I don't know if when this is going to air, when people are going to listen to it, but there's a big Hollywood strike going on right now. So work's been a little slow. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we've been just like hanging out and spending time together doing crossword puzzles. So yeah, the LA Times collection of, it might have been like 2000 or 2010 or 2010 to 2000, 2015, something like that. Uh, LA Times Sunday crossword puzzle book. You can get it. I'm sure there's a newer edition now, but yeah, I recommend it, man. It's it's super fun. It's it's cheap. It's it's you're not it's not mindless entertainment. So, you know what I mean? Like you're not just like staring yeah. at a screen or like staring at a TV, yeah. And give and be easy on yourself. If you're new to crossword puzzles, don't be too hard on yourself. And the answers are My spelling, the answers are my in spelling the back. is bad. You your spelling is atrocious. <laughs> You'd be terrible at it. Yeah. But your wife would be probably pretty good at it. Oh, she's she's so good at crossword yeah. puzzles. Uh that was one thing we connected on. She saw me doing the crossword puzzle in Whiteout. Yeah, okay. <laughs> she goes, that's a baller move. <laughs> Ooh, this guy's dumb. I like that. Ooh. <laughs> uh, I can work on him. But no, but English is not your first language though, right? Yeah. yeah so everyone forgives you for your bad spelling. I'll do the uh, Me Narcos Mexico crossword puzzle. Yeah, dude. I couldn't, do, I couldn't do the Mexico City <laughs> crossword puzzle. You know, whatever. Was it Mexico City <laughs> Times? What's the, what's the newspaper down there? Huh? Domingo. Diaz Domingo. The El Sol. <laughs> And yeah. so, yeah. Uh, I couldn't do it. So, yeah, man, I don't hold it against you. We all still love you. It's great, you know. But if, you, <laughs> if English is your first language, no excuse. Learn how to do crossword no puzzles. Excuse. Yeah. <laughs> you can impress the shit out of people by doing crossword puzzles. So. In pen. In pen. Nice. Beautiful. 
All right, so there we have it. We did it. We did shoot them up. We did. Uh, uh, we've done our movie next week. We've done what's good. We've sold ourselves. You at home, please. Uh, if you like what you hear, go ahead. Give us a give us a thumbs up. Give us a subscription or whatever the fuck people do and whatever <laughs> podcast people ask you to do. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, our numbers are our numbers are good, man. We're we're enjoying ourselves. We're having fun. I hope you guys are having fun too. Feel free to reach out always. Uh, Instagram. Oh yeah, that was a good movie. Or gmail.com. Oh yeah, that was a good movie at gmail.com. Uh, we love to hear from you. Love to hear movies that maybe we never heard of. And uh, yeah, if you got a movie that you like and you want to defend it, let us know. Maybe we'll bring you on. We'll talk some shit. And as always, as much as we appreciate you guys spending time with us, it does need to come to an end. And we like to end every episode with a quote. Fuck you, you fucking fuckers. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. It wasn't that quotable of a movie, so I was curious as to what you were yeah. <laughs> you do the dirty limerick. Bang, there bang. was no tit for tat. Oh, give us a like, give us a subscribe, give us all that good shit, and we will talk to you next week. And until then, keep watching good movies. Peace.